Welcome, guys, to another episode of Gold with Zen. Um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, it's been a while. We haven't spoken about Team Mindy, but finally, pretty happy to be joined by with the old guys of Gold with Zen, Babak Goldri, Sinai Samyan, Pejman Paris, and this is myself, Pasha Hajian. Guys, how you guys doing? Good to be Waiting. What's up, guys? It's been a long time, and I'm really excited for this one. So let's get on. Yeah. So today we just want to just legitly just talk about obviously our new manager, Mark Wilmots. I mean, there was a huge, heavy backlash that he just recently just assigned became like Iran's national team manager. But for the folks that really don't know much about Mark Wilmots, I mean, his CV is not really you know comprehensive, as I should say. Um, he was assistant manager for Belgium's national team um, from 2000 and 2012 under Dick Advocat and George's Lincolns, which ironically, what I was told, or as you say, Gold Bazan was told, George Lincolns was actually a big, huge person that uh, told the Federation about Mark Wilmot's availability, and I guess that started things, and he's right now in Tractor Sudsy's manager. And um, obviously, Belgium qualified for the 2014 World Cup, and, you know, a lot of people... Still credit Wilmots because this young group that, or as you say, the young generation of Belgians were under his hands. Um, but even despite the fact that he failed, that a lot of people still credit him for installing that confidence for them, which obviously Roberto Martinez then took over and whatnot. And um, the last thing before he's joined the reigning national team was that in 2017, Mark Wilmots was appointed as Ivory Coast's national team manager, but unfortunately was sacked because he didn't fail to qualify for the World Cup. So, guys, the first question I have for you, Sina, I'm going to come with you, is that what did you initially first think of Mark Wil- uh, Wilmot's appointment and were you satisfied? Um, I think it's, it's an underwhelming appointment um, altogether. I think considering the fact that for five months there was uh, talk some, talks of some bigger names. Uh, I mean, at the beginning he started, I mean, I hope it was as a joke, but he started with Mourinho, Zidane and Klinsmann. Uh, from the sports ministry, um, and then he ended with um, Mark Wilmots. Uh, there was other names involved in uh, in in these five months, but I think uh, considering the salary that's been uh, agreed with him for one and a half million dollars a year, um, I think it's a very underwhelming appointment. I think for that kind of money, we uh, could probably attract better coaches, better managers. Um, with more experience and people who actually got experience of, of, of managing a national team in the region. Um, but if you want to discuss him and his CV, I think, as you mentioned, um, I think the Belgian job, he, I, I mean, it's my personal opinion, but I don't think he would have got the job was he not a, a legendary striker uh, for Belgium. Um, because obviously his CV is not good enough to manage the golden generation, as you said, of, of Belgium. And, um Previous to that, he managed St. Troyden, a mid-table Belgian team, for seven months before he got sacked. And his time in Ivory Coast was a disaster as well, uh, having spoken to a few journalists. Um, so, it's, as I said, it's an underwhelming appointment. Uh, I'm sure we're going to go into more details in regards to it. But, um, of course, we don't know what the future holds. He might end up being a, a relatively good appointment. But at the moment, with, with the facts that we've gotten, with, with his past and his CV and considering the context, I, I think it's, um, it's, it's an appointment that um, we can be slightly disappointed with. Bob, what is your take on this? 
I'd like to know who those people were who were praising him for taking the golden generation, Pasha, that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> because I, I, I genuinely cannot think of anyone who's had any positive remarks about his role or his time with the Belgian team. If anything, he probably robbed them of a opportunity to uh, challenge for titles. I mean, under Martinez, we saw they have the potential. They could really have made a different, more of an impact on the international scene, maybe in the tournaments that Wilmot had them as manager. But uh, like Sina said, underwhelming, very disappointing. I would probably wager that he won't even see out his contract. I can see this relationship breaking in a matter of months even over different things. I, I don't know. I I, I would have. I, I even tweeted this a few times. I probably would have preferred Ali Dai or Emil Kalinoy over him, to be honest. And I rarely ever pr- prefer an Iranian coach over an international uh, or a foreign coach. Let's say. Pejman, um, obviously with what Babak and Sina said, um, would you still even think that obviously if that was going to be the case, and I know you're not a huge Mark Wilmot fan yourself, but knowing also that Bronko Ivankovic has won you know, the championship three times with Paris Ball, he's now in a three-peat, he knows Iranian football pretty well and everything, did you think that, I mean, potentially we could have had him instead of him? Um, well, I think he was interested in that himself. And the good thing about Branko is that he knows Iranian football. He knows the federation and the do's and don'ts and the Iranian culture uh, and, the, and the lack of proper organization, uh, which is, I think is important for everyone that, that wants to be involved in Iranian football. In that sense, it's good. And he's proven himself uh, in Paris Police. What I do believe would happen with, with Branko is that there will be a lot of bad blood coming up and we will go back to the, the Iran we were used to see, that we see in the league maybe. It's, it's kind of uh, a lot of bad-mouthing, uh, a lot of uh, issues going into the media instead of trying to solve them in, in the national team. But then again, we saw that with Kairos too, against Bronco. So I don't know if that would make any difference. Mm-hmm. But but I have a question there. Uh, do you know Do you know another coach that didn't have any good results as a coach until his last employer actually did him did his uh, did it great with that one? Do you know who I'm talking about? No, if you're trying to say Carlos Kairos, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that. No, 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 no. Okay. So. I would say Zinedine Zidane, the guy we were talking about. I mean, his CV as a player, sure, that's great. But as a coach, I mean, he was like in, in Real Madrid, Castilla, and he didn't get any good results there. They weren't improving, and he, he wasn't a, a, a name for the future with the results he got. But all of a sudden, uh, he got uh, Real Madrid A team, and he made wonders with it, despite not having any... A resume. I mean, the best coaches in the world have been in Real Madrid, and all of a sudden, Zinedine Zidane, with uh, one two seasons in Castilla without getting any good results, and like a one year as assistant coach before that, that's nothing. Yeah, but sometimes be. someone is in the right place at the right time, and with Zidane, as okay for sure, winning three Champions Leagues is amazing, but he still has his critics and. It's probably too early to put him down as like a great manager. I I know it's harsh, but I would argue that. 
Yeah, I yeah, but the context what, is a bit... Sorry, Benjamin. I think the context is a bit different as well. You're absolutely right about Zidane, but I think the context in which he took the job is completely different to the Iran job. I mean, when you talk about Kirosh and the success that we, 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 we all know that he had with Iran, was down to the fact that he was a really good coach. Not necessarily a manager, that's a different, that's a different mm-hmm. thing Absolutely. to talk about. But as a coach, yeah. he was yeah. world-renowned. Yes. You know, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, you could even listen to Roy Keane, who... He's uh, one of the greatest coaches, coaches exactly. in football history. I and think it's quite well documented. I've seen, I've seen this uh, point being made on Twitter by various people. And, and as much as I appreciate the point that they're trying to make by comparing the CV of Kairosh before they took the Iran job, it's completely two different worlds apart. You're talking about Kairosh as a manager who uh, won the Under-20 uh, World Cup with Portugal. Um, that's laying the foundation of a golden generation. Uh, managing, uh, of course, Real Madrid, even though it was a, a disappointment. Taking South Africa to the World Cup, managing UAE, being the assistant manager of Sir Alex Ferguson for so many years in a really successful period, and of course managing uh, Portugal as well. That's completely on a different level to, to when you're talking about Mark Wilmots, who probably had the career as a manager solely based on the fact that he was a, yeah, a player at a very top level. But what I'm saying is, is I've seen that argument being made, but also, I, as, as I said, I think the context is a bit different here. I think Iran needed more of a coaching, uh, more of a coach figure rather than a manager. I don't think Wilmots yeah, yeah, no, is good at neither, by the way. Yeah, um, Sina and also Pasha. Um, well, listen to this. Uh, let's not forget that Kairosh, he wasn't really improving. Uh, uh, he wasn't really impressive his, uh, the first year in Iran, to be honest. He had some problems against, against minor teams, and uh, there were some shocking results in the beginning. And people were like, were like well, is, is this where we're heading? At the same time, he was showing real passion and, and he was really determined and focused. And that's maybe what, what, what people were like. And they were able to see the long run that he, it would yes, actually be. That's because of Kirosh having a track record as an yeah. excellent coach, which I think we all agreed at the time was what we needed. But it doesn't matter. Iran have, had, Iran have had really good coaches, uh, at least. Come on. Uh, in, I'm talking uh, about real and also club level. I think, guys, I think. Well, what we need to take into account is circumstances in which they've taken the job as well. The, when Kairosh came in, Iran was probably at its lowest point yes, in, I would say in the last two, yeah, three decades absolutely. as well. Yeah, Coming yeah, on the yeah, back yeah, of yeah. Uh, Ali Doi, uh, yeah. Ali Doi and Qutbi failing to qualify for the 2010 World Cup. We had the 17, 18-year-old, and sorry if I had our centre-forward. So when the expectations are so low, and you're right, Pejman, he was disappointing in his first few years. I remember the loss against Lebanon, the one that lost yeah. away to Lebanon. That's when we but because, see, because, the, because the expectations were so low before he came in, he had that room for error. Because for Belmont, that's not the case at all. He's just, yeah. we, we're just talking about a team who had a, Exactly. We're talking about a team who had a very, very good performances and results in the 2018 World Cup um, semi-finals of the Asian Cup whatever you may make of the uh, whatever you, you want to make of the result against Japan that's fine but semi-finals nonetheless having uh, some of the best players in Asia at the moment a great team a great structure and he's Record coming number in with foreign base players as well absolutely a number one team in Asia for so long and he's coming in as a coach whose reputation is not so great as a coach and look I I, I we follow European football outside of uh, outside of Iran, and um, 
and we all know his, his results with Belgium, but I think some of the Iranian fans may not be so aware of why he's regarded as such it's a not, it's not even his results. as a manager in uh, Belgium. It's not even his results. Did, did you even try to feel what sort of football they were trying to play or what tactics they had? The defence was all over the place. The top players who used to play great football with their clubs would come at Belgium and look clueless like average average league players. No, guys, I, 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 think, I think you're getting this, this wrong and, and too hard, to, to be honest. Listen, uh, this was probably the first really start of the golden generation that, that we call in Belgium. It was the first spell. In my opinion, I don't think that they were quite ready for, for the task. They almost made it. They, they, were, they were a narrow loss to getting into the semifinals of the uh, World Cup that he had, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so it wasn't all that bad. Let me guys ask you a question, right? And I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here, but I'm just trying to you put should, myself in the standpoint of the Iranian Football Federation. Uh, Mark Wilmans has not been in the job since 2017. Um, isn't that already a red flag? No, no. Look, it, That's it, actually it, it, attractive from the federation. From federation's exactly. point of view, it's attractive. No compensation. Out of out of a job, we can negotiate. But I actually think they got a bad deal because if they were paying one point five million dollars to him, right, which is going to come back to my That's exactly ridiculous. the point. I think. I think with the whole appointment, with everything that's been going on the last few weeks, my biggest problem with this is the salary that they paid him. I don't have a problem with a, 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 a below average manager coming in. That's fine. You know, we, we can't get anyone better. We understand the circumstances, sanctions, etc. That's Sina, fine. Quick question but paying $1.5 million. But which other foreign um, manager in, would come into this country right now within Iran with the issues that we're having much lower than No, no, that? but that's, that, that's what I just said. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, but my yeah. point is why pay that manager for $1.5 million a year? To, for the same reason. Maybe, Sina, for the same reason that no, they wouldn't do it for anything less. Yeah. And they wanted to get a name I, in there. I think, I think they would have been other managers who would have been, as I said, maybe with even a bit more experience and a bit more no, promise. They definitely they would wouldn't have. have. So I, I, that's, that's, that's my Van Marvick, Van Marvick early days would have been a far better appointment, probably. Yeah. I we'll think even know. if you go, I think even if you go a tier below, someone like Paul Le Guin, who managed in Europe for so many years, managed Leon Rangers, PSG on top of my head has managed uh, in the region with the Oman national team. He's very experienced. Um, there's no way he would have been paying 1.5 million. And I think if you want to compare CVs and compare them as coaches and managers, uh, Paul no went by far. Exactly. Yeah, guys, 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 listen. Uh, the, the choice has been made. You know, we, we can argue that somebody is better or worse, you know, but the choice has been made. So, you know, let, let's focus in on, on uh, Wilmots. Uh, what I want to say here is that uh, Wilmots is not starting at the same level that Kairos did, okay? So Kairos have, have prepared him a really good team with a good structure, with a lot of good players that's accepted, at least outside in the media, to be on the bench despite being stars in Iran and in their clubs. Okay, uh, if Wilmots is smart enough and have had good people around him and smart people around him in in the federation and probably some of his scouts, they will tell him this: that this team that you have received is ready to play football, and you you have now a great opportunity to uh, how can you say to all the critics that. 
Keroshka got uh, for being too defensive, for not using players like Osmoon and Jahan Bakhsh and Rodus the right way. You have now the super good opportunity to make uh, Iran a solid attacking team as well. Because I do believe that the defensive skills and the defensive uh, set of uh, mind that we have in Iran, I, f I don't think that they will dis disappear just because caterers have, have disappeared. And he showed us that uh, players that we didn't have any faith on, like Ruzbeh Cheshmi or new players like Majid Hosseini, could easily step up and do that uh, great work. Mm -hmm. So what I want to see from Wilmots now, I don't care about his salary, I don't care about his CV, what he have done and haven't done. Uh, what I want to know is what can he do with Iran from this stage? And I do believe that he he uses all the good things that Kairosh built with the defense and start to make Iran a, a more attacking country. Because Iran won't be in the World Cup, and hopefully we, in 2022. Are we going to play defensive against Oman and uh, teams like, I don't know, Jordan and Iraq? We, we can't do that. It's, it's time to, to gear up and use all of that skills. And we saw how Osman is doing in Russia when he can be offensive player. We know the, the skills that Jahan Bakhsh and Odus have, but come on, let's face it. Uh, none of them have been the players in that they can be under K-Rush, and that's the most important thing for me to, yeah. to for Wilmos to do something about. Now, guys, let me um, let me take up on what... Oh, is there something that you wanted to say? Yeah, uh, I think everything Kejwan is saying is correct. I think the thing that I'm... I'm kind of uh, looking forward to finding out the most in the coming weeks is his coaching staff. He's been promised that he'll be getting one or two Belgian uh, assistants. Yes. And having spoke to a few Belgian journalists in regards to his time in Belgium, just or just him as, as a manager, um, one thing they all said to me was that majority of the, if there was any good work that was done uh, during his time in Belgium, um, it was mostly down to his assistants. One of them being Vital Borkelmans, who's just been appointed as the as the uh, Jordanian national team manager. So, I think for me, it, the most important thing is to find out who his coaching staff are. Uh, of course, we know Kairos had a very, very strong team of uh, coaches who helped him build that team, and I think that's one thing we need to uh, keep an eye out for because it could be an indication of how this team is going forward. Yeah. Now, Bobak, obviously, with what uh, Pejman said, and obviously, we all know that a great foundation that Carlos Kairos left. I mean, he built the family, as we even Ali Olizan in our last interview mentioned. The team that he is about to inherit, Mark Wilmos, do you think, what is what kind of philosophy do you think he's going to instill in this player? Is it going to be the traditional 4 3 3 attacking, or do you see something else from. It's too early to say. I mean, Wilmos doesn't have too much of a track record to be able to say that he's definitely going to go with one formation over another but with Belgium we know that 433 yeah. traditionally or 4231 are formations which were used at different times depending on who played where but uh, i would presume that more or less in terms of the setup we would uh, we would be playing like we have under Kairos in terms of formations let's say or positions but in terms of style of play like Pejman says logically speaking Wilmot is not a tactically astute coach and we didn't see tactical uh, acumen during his time uh, at the Belgium national team so you, you, but we did see an adventurous side 
that can score goals, that does play attacking football, maybe exposes itself a bit too much, naive at times, but maybe, like Pejuan says, that is what we need, a little bit of the shackles off the players and giving them the chance to express themselves a little bit more than they have during the last few years. Seeing obviously with what uh, Pejman said, as we've seen some Mongol do, Sayers of John Bach, and now Sardar Ozun potentially could thrive under attacking manager. Um, where, where do you see them them going under this manager? I, I don't necessarily buy into the attacking manager point of view because I don't think he has a philosophy as such. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with the point that the shackles might come off. And I think in the short term, and by short term, I mean within the next year or so. It will. It might bring some really good performances and results because, of course, the players are still have that foundation of the work that they did with Kairos. But of course, with a new manager coming in, maybe uh, giving them a bit more freedom, uh, the mixture of the two will provide some good performances and results. But I think forward and talking about qualifying for the World Cup, things might get a, a little more trickier. And especially yesterday, the news that um, the uh, 2022 World Cup will uh, be uh, with 32 teams and not 48. This means the job to, for qualifying for the World Cup is still the same and still a difficult one to get through. Um, so again, I'd, I'd, I'm, I've still got question marks over the next two or three years, but I think uh, uh, the point uh, Bobak and Pejman were making in regards to the freedom to the players and being a bit more attacking, I think is, is valid for the next year or so. Pejman, obviously, Mark Wilmans has been outside of the job for 2017, and obviously he's got an entire one of the best teams right now in Asia, arguably still the best team in Asia, um, which I still have my you know, question marks around it and everything, but my question to you, does he really know what he's getting himself into? Is he just, do you, for me, sometimes I feel like sometimes he's just in here just to say that, oh, I have a job to do, you know, because he's been out of the job in three years, uh, two, two years now, let's say. Um, does he really know what he's getting himself into with all the issues that we have? Does anyone in Iran know what they're getting into despite having years <laughs> of uh, of coaching experience? So no, I don't believe that. Uh, I think that he've heard a lot and hopefully uh, he's been talking to K-Rush as well and, you know, getting some tough love and some, you know, uh, smart advice of do's and don'ts. Yeah, I know that Todd said in his that the, the, the contract will be... Uh, written as the the new natural team head coach is not allowed allowed to talk or at least talk badly about the national league and the teams you know and that was uh, what Kerosh and Branko was were arguing about a couple of years so uh, they they tried to fix something that they needed to fix a couple of years before so my question is now what challenges will uh, will Mott uh, uh, have in Iran and how will he cope with them? Uh, I think one thing that's really important for Bilmos and any coach that will be in Iran that you have to live there. You have to be in Iran, uh, not only for being close to the uh, to the federation, of course, but you, know, you have to earn the people's respect. Uh, and the media as well. I think the media is really for me. It's, it's it's too it's too simplistic to, to and too I don't know maybe primitive to say I have to live in Iran so that I can get the people's respect. What about what happens on the pitch? That should be more important than anything of else. Course. Of and, course, of course. I'm not and, talking that 
the, the results aren't important. But you know, no, no. He, I mean, if if the if he performs and he gets the team to do what it's supposed to do and the results are coming, I don't care if he lives in Mars or Tehran. It doesn't for me as a supporter of the national team. It means nothing. But the thing is, so, the thing is here, Babak. When the results won't come, and of course he will lose some some games that we were not supposed to lose. That will come. Every team make makes one of a couple of those losses. It's nothing uh, strange about that. But how much have you? Uh, can you back yourself up? How much have you to to follow? You have to be. Uh, yeah, you have you. You're gonna be open to criticism, and you have to accept it at that time. It's typical of any. But but any... but you're talking like the, it's like in Iran. It's it's something that's it's. Uh, it's done professionally and it's relevant and it's uh, it's done like the way we do nothing in Europe. Nothing is done professionally. Nothing so, is done. So if you so it's thing not is, about, if you want to, he's going to face that anyway. That's yeah, right. he's going to face that for even things that are not logical or justifiable. You know, it's going to come. First team he's going to pick. He they're going to say, "Why didn't this player come in? That player doesn't come out, uh, in." There's, there's always going to be some drama that's going to be stirred up. Yeah. So what will happen uh, when he won't get his salary, or when players maybe start to uh, become a different yeah, groups, like with the Reds or the Blues, whatever? I was gonna ask you guys now a question. I'll ask this to Cena, and then I'll ask you and uh, Bob back again. And Cena, do you believe? Let's just let me just put this. Do you believe honestly the players are gonna respect who they're getting right now? I think that's a different question that we don't know yet. I think it's difficult to say whether players respect a, play, uh, a manager or not when they haven't even spent uh, a few days of training with him. And I think it would be silly to assume that the players don't respect him because there's no basis mm-hmm. for that. I think it's just very... Uh, it's a blank page at the moment. We have to wait and see what happens. But in regards to the discussion that uh, Bob just had, I think they're both making valid points, but I think there's got to be a middle line. I don't expect him to live in Iran, and why should he? But at the same time, I think it's very foolish and, and a bit naive of a manager to just turn up the day before a training camp or the day uh, before a squad is announced and then leave the day after. I think, look, I mean, in Europe, we have the same same thing. You know, uh, look, with Kairosh, actually, one of the best things he did with the national teams was the, was the player matrix that he created, that he discussed with us on the podcast. That was created based on him and his staff watching players uh, on TV and, and through tapes. And that's how it's done all over Europe, right? But we still get European national team managers. I, mean, I, I use exa- England as an example. Gareth Southgate still goes to watch uh, the uh, the club games of, of players that could potentially be, um, be invited to the national team. There's no need for him to do that because, again, the way the game has moved on in terms of technology, you can just analyse the players by watching the tapes. But that is just an indication. It's, it's a... It's, it's almost like a tradition of the manager going to watch to watch the games. And look, of course, Iran games, uh, the Iranian league is not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, it's boring, etc. But if you're the national team manager, this is what you've signed up for. This is your responsibility. I expect him to go watch a couple of games here and there. And to be honest, I think with Kairosh, I think he was a bit naive towards the end not to. And that's what um, upset yeah, a lot of the media. He um, did that in the early days. He did that he in did. the early days. Absolutely. Ultimately, Absolutely. after how many years, when he knows which players are good enough, if he doesn't have any doubts and he's dead set on this is my 40 players, which I'm going to keep under a microscope, it's 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 just doing it for the sake of doing it if he goes to some games. Maybe it's no longer necessary. But I agree with you. The coach should watch games. And I, I, take, I take that. 
And I want to connect that to the other point that Pejman was making in regards to the media. You, you, you both remember, and, and Pasha as well, remember well that how much of his work and how much of the things he was trying to do was done by the media in his early days. And this is just part of that process. He had the media on his side. You remember the argument and the debates over the poor national team sponsors and so on, over the training camps that he wanted to have, friendlies, etc., Media and the new contract that was another big issue. Media uh, and not just one media source, multiple media sources had a big effect on him getting those things because he was having a good relationship with them. And this is just part of that. That relationship completely broke down in the last uh, 18 months to two years, which uh, created this mood and atmosphere right now in Iran, which is completely in favor of Wilmot and everything he wants to do just solely because they were so against Kairos. And then if you're watching the news, if you're watching the analysis of, of the local uh, experts and, and just the newspapers and, and media in general, you, you can you can actually feel that. And and, and that has affected the way the Federation has gone out to look for Kairos' replacement. And going back to the point what Pejman was making in regards to the contracts, Todd, he's right, Todd has come out and said that. He said that we, in part of the negotiation, and this is actually a, cl a clauses in Wilmot's contract, that the manager is not allowed to talk about the local, um, the, sorry, the managers in the local league. He's not allowed to have training camps outside of FIFA days. He's not allowed to comment in regards to the sponsors of, of the national team kits. So these are all issues. Such a weak, uh, it, for me, it just illustrates how weak how weak our federation is and how they how they can't think out of the box how, it's just ridiculous really i, what, what I, I get speechless what, what, sometimes not to comment on sponsors not to comment on not to have camps outside fifa date if, if it's your national team and you're the football federation it's in your interest to keep an open mind about what is good for your national team but to completely come also, out there it just shows how weak they are and how they don't want to confront the clubs and the league Completely, absolutely. And what, what what it also indicates is is a big major fact about Wilmot himself. So when you when you're asking the question of does he know what he's getting himself into? Absolutely. <laughs> of course he does. There's no way in the world he's not had those conversations with the Federation and with the representatives. Absolutely no let, way. Let's be clear. So, Why wouldn't Wilmot be happy if the, his boss is telling him, hey, by the way, I don't, don't worry want about any extra yeah. training camps or this and that. He's going to say, okay, I'll collect my money. I'll do my FIFA days. I'll do the training. I don't talk to the media. I don't do this. Very easy job for me. Carlos Kirish actually put too much into the job, too much passion, too much heart, too much care, probably far more than half the country at least when it comes to giving enough uh, to, for the flag of iran but wilmot is coming as a professional and he's thinking okay why not so yes i agree with you Sina. he knows what he's getting into and i think for him it's a job at least right now time mm -hmm. can prove us wrong but it's a job and he's thinking okay it's fair enough I've, 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 the boundaries have been drawn and i'm going to work within this why not it's quite normal yeah, so, so absolutely, and, and let me just rephrase the question then. So rather than asking, does he know what he's getting himself into? How about we ask, with all the restrictions that have been put on the manager, not the problems that we have in, in regards to the federation, such as sanctions and not getting friendlies, but these restrictions that have been put on the manager, which top-level manager would come and work in Iran? That's the question. I mean, to be honest, I mean, we would know. I mean, we could, I could honestly tell you with the, some of the people names and the stuff I've heard. I mean, it was just not gonna happen. But 
Uh, my next question for you guys is I'm going to start this with uh, Pejman. Is Pejman, what do you want to see different um, under Mark Wilmots that you wanted Carlos Carrish to do but he didn't do? Um, is there some slight differences or something that you want to see differently being done now by this new manager? Yes, uh, as I said before, I want to have a more attacking and uh, daring Iran uh, using players as Osmoon, Odus, and Jahan Bash the proper way, which I believe that all of us uh, were kind of convinced that uh, they didn't have their best spells in the national team. Also, I think it's time to let a couple of the oldies that were good in the team as a uh, maybe like mental coaches or taking care of the young players it's time for them to step back and uh, allow uh, the coach uh, to bring in some new players uh, of course i'm thinking of uh, masoud shujai uh, and uh, maybe obid ibrahimi ashkan ashkan is interesting because ashkan he still got it and you know he's just came back but I don't know if he will be up for it for uh, three years uh, in, in the World Cup. He's 33, don't forget, he's 33. Yeah, so Ashkan is, uh, I, I don't know, I, I think uh, he can uh, contribute, but the, mm. the second he gets injured a long time, it's time for him to step back as well. Uh, Pejman Montaziri haven't yet stepped back. Um, 35, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so so there are a couple of these players that. So who would be the next captain? Let's say if Ashkan and Masu decide to be uh, step aside from the national team, but they'd be pretty much. Why not? Why not Sardar Azmoun? Uh, mm-hmm. We have Ehsan Haj Safi from from before, oh, right, so yeah, he's the national caption. Yeah. I would like to see Azmoun, uh, uh, and I'm referring. I'm thinking about Slatan uh, Ibrahimovic of Sweden. You know, he really grew as a player under Erik Hamrian when Eric Hamrian made him the captain. Because, to be honest, he was a natural leader anyway, but uh, he wasn't the captain. Uh, Eric Hamrian got a lot of criticism for his maybe naive way of, of thinking and playing, but he, he made the best out of Slatan. And maybe giving the, the captains, uh, making Osmond the captain, can uh, make him <laughs> a less vulnerable player, a less sensitive player and have to take more responsibility because he can't cry after every loss. It's a good shot. It's a good shot. Uh, Barbak, uh, my question to you is, let's say, hypothetically, let's say that uh, Masu Shojai and Ashkan Dejga do, do remain. Obviously, they've been such great leaders for this Iranian national team. Um, somebody that Carlos Kehrs really was really fond of. I mean, how big of a role would, would you still see them playing, you know, under Mark Wilmots um, for him to transition to becoming the next manager? I wouldn't be surprised if they're there for the first few months, considering that they both have European experience and are respected professionals, and Wilmots will know that. He could be a bridge for him to understand the players and the team, but on the pitch, I don't see much, if any, role for either of them over the next few years. And if, if they do have, I would be quite surprised and disappointed in the rest of the players who haven't stepped up to push them out of the way. So, and for me, it's not it's not a major topic right now and uh, I'm more curious to see what sort of football will play what ideas he has because ultimately as much as we're going to criticize him he's a very very experienced professional he's a legend in Belgium he's managed some world-class players like Moussa Dembele Kevin De Bruyne Eden Hazard uh, 
Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and many, many other players in Belgium. He's also worked under Laken, so we can't dismiss that experience. Maybe he was not good enough for Belgium. Maybe he will be good enough for Iran. Maybe he is what we need right now, someone with a little bit less coaching, like Kiros, who may have overcoached sometimes even, and someone who would allow the players to express themselves a little bit. So let's keep an open mind. And uh, for me, expectations are low about qualification for the World Cup, etc., etc. But hey, let's see. You never know what happens. Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN, and you're listening to Golbezan, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news. Uh, guys, I'm going to ask you guys now questions that we have from Twitter. Um, some of the questions we've already answered, but there's new ones. Um, this is from, and thank you guys for sending your questions in, by the way. This one is from Ashkan Pika, APP. Um, and his question is, is it possible to qualify just by relying on the player's talent with the ones that we have at the moment? Sina? Um, I would say solely relying on talents, no. Because, as I said, for the 2022, there's only 32 teams similar to 2018. It's not going up to 48 teams yet, which means Asia still gets four and a half places. Uh, and of course, we've got Iran, South uh, Korea, Japan, Australia, Saudi Arabia. Now we've got the new heavyweights of Asia in Qatar. By the time the qualification gets into the uh, the harder stages, we could have China, even UAE with uh, Bert van Marwijk. So it, it could get even trickier than it was already. Not to mention Uzbekistan, of course. So um, we can't just rely on players. We can't just rely on talents. No, no chance. Um, what are your takes, Bob? I can pledge one really quick. Yeah, I probably agree. In the past, we've gotten away with it, I think, historically. But now the gap between the teams are not too much. The differences are on the details. And I think the details come in coaching, tactics, a uh, little bit of luck. And I don't think talent on its own can... Unless you're really lucky with the draw, I don't think it's enough. Pejman? Uh Well... It's hard. I do believe that Iran have the talent enough to actually be a top four or top five in Asia because the other teams are simply not good enough. Yes, we do have a new and interesting Qatar, but at the same time, we have a weak, uh, a weaker Australia than we've seen in many years. Uh, Japan and South Korea sometimes, somewhere always seem to, to get in there and I think Iran, with its talents, should be able to to stir some things up. But of course, you need some good coaching. Everybody knows that. But I think the talent is is quite solid, to be honest. Right. We have a few more questions, and obviously a huge favorite of Goldbizan, <laughs> my favorite as well. At <laughs> Yavi underscore Shaw as a question, we've already uh... Yavi, our boy. What's up? <laughs> We've already answered this question, but his question is, do we really believe that a manager who, who in the end, held back Belgium from pro- progressing would, would would achieve anything of significance with Iran? And he said, my opinion is absolutely not. So, guys, just quickly, your take, Bobak? Yeah, anything is possible. It's too early to say. Let's see what he does with Iran. Yeah. Sometimes, like, like, we said, like we said earlier, the right man in the right time in the right place can happen. Maybe he is what Iran needs right now. If it is, it's not because of uh, the, why, the wisdom of the federation. It could be just because we've been lucky, probably. But uh, you never know. Let's keep an open mind. He hasn't even taken a training session. He hasn't even selected the squad. We don't even know his 
very definite what, what his coaching staff looks like. So it's still early to say, but anything's possible. See, now I'm going to ask you another question from Twitter. At Nima, then uh, it's B-U-R-L-A-K-O-F. I don't want to you know butcher that name, but um, his question is, Am I right that he's in favor of a 433 attacking style, which we've pretty much hinted on if you want to re- readdress that? Uh, could this be a benefit for players like Osmond and Jaron Bash? And he said, I mean, uh, we want to score more goals and we have to adapt an offensive style. I think, as you said, we kind of touched on it. I think Bobak certainly did. Um, one thing is for absolutely sure is that he's not a tactical manager. He, uh, regardless of who you talk to... and. Please, if you're listening to this and you don't believe it, please go and uh, research on your own if you need to. There is, you, you would not find a good comment in regards to his tactical knowledge. So um, there's not much to say about that. It's 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. Or, or he, he's not going to play a 4-4-2 or a back three. Um, so that's that. I think he will be more attacking than, than Kairos. Uh, players will have more freedom. But the good thing is about Asian... Um, the Asian World Cup qualification is that for the first 18 months you have room for error you have room to try things you could get away with a few things here and there and I think that certainly gives him um, some breathing space I think in the next 12 months he's, uh, his competition and his, uh, the, the official matches he plays will be against lower teams so that gives him a good chance to get to, get to know his squad and get to know what and how he wants to play in order to build the team for that last 12 to 18 months for the World Cup qualifications well, when we'll play the big boys. Um, but I think, as I said, uh, it'll be more attacking and offensive than we were on the Kira. Yeah, last question, and I'm going to give this to uh, Pejman before we wrap it up. But guys, also, just a quick point is that his job is also much harder that you know FIFA didn't expand the teams to uh, 48 teams for this World Cup. So... That's something else. We're going to keep retaining the 32, which is another key thing that he's obviously going to be aware of. But anyways, um, at Aria underscore Aloverdi sent us a question, another regular of Golbazan. And this question is for you, Pejman. The amount of criticism Will Moss has faced, in my opinion, is pretty redundant at the moment. Yes, you can't deny him, but if you're talking about how he would do with Iran, nobody knows. It's impossible to tell. I, I absolutely think he deserves a chance to prove himself. And I know you've hinted it. Pejman, but let's wrap this up. Um, your last take on this? Yeah, I, I have a question or, or thoughts uh, for you, Pasha, and, and yes. the rest of the guys. Uh, who do you think should be his Iranian coaches or his Iranian helps? Because uh, he will need some help from Iran. Uh, and what, yeah, Pasha, what do you think? I mean, I believe that Nekonam just signed a deal. Um, with Fulad, if I'm not mistaken. So he was the first person that came to my head that if he was going to be an assistant, um, I hope to God is not Ali Karimi, to be honest. And obviously, it won't be. Uh, it won't be. Yeah, it won't be obviously Ali Dai as well, but it's very hard to say. Um, I mean, it's very hard for me from top of my head to. And I believe Yaya Gold Mohammed even obviously just signed to become uh, Iran's U23 manager, um, taking the shoes of Zlatko Kranjgar. So it's. Tough for me to say. Uh, what about you guys? What do you think, Bob X? You know? I've got two names, mm-hmm. and I would like both of them there. And they're the only two Iranian coaches I would give a chance. Vahid Hashemian, Mehdi Mazabikia. Both of them educated. Both of them studied at the highest level of UEFA. I think Hashemian has a pro license, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he does. And they haven't had the chance at all in Iran because of all the 
we know how things work in Iranian football. It's more like how you, who you know and how big your mouth is. And these guys have always kept their head down and done their job professionally. So I would be happy if one or both of these guys join his staff. And I think they would get respect of the players for the careers they've had in Europe. And I don't think there are too many fans who could criticize them either. Sina? I think that's a very good shot by Bobak. Although I'm not sure if Matt Abikio would take the job if he was offered. He's, he's obviously busy at Hamburg. I think he's coaching one of their youth teams. And also he's got his own project at KIFC. Um, and you know it's a it's a very very good project. They've got a very good youth academy, uh, bringing up young Iranian players. Uh, Hoshimyon is is a very good uh, option, as he said. He's yes, he does have a pro license. Uh, he's coached in Germany, um, and he spent I think a few weeks as part of his pro license uh, with Pep Guardiola at Bayern Munich. So he's. Um, He's got the knowledge. I think he should be given a chance. Also, another name that I think should be there as a symbol of continuity, consistency and stability just to help Wilmots through this transition from Kairos is Marco Rojanian. He was there from the beginning. He knows the he has a very good relationship with the players. He, I think he working on the Kairos, he probably knows every single player who plays in Iran. Uh, he can be of great, great help to to. But Wilmot. I don't so think I don't that think... You, you think the federation would forget Wilmots, but you don't think they wanted a clean break and bringing Markar in keeps a little bit of the cloud of the Kairos era. I, I can't see it happening. Possibly, possibly, uh, but also uh, I think more than that, I think they do want to have a big name on there, which is why Nekunon was linked at the beginning. Um, but uh, but in terms of the coaching perspective itself, I think Ogojanian would be a very, very healthy choice. It would make sense from a lot of different angles. Um, and to be honest, he, he never really, he was never in any controversy uh, in these few years, even when K. Rush was coming out and giving interviews, he was always quiet. And I think he has a good relationship with everyone. So I don't see, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't. But again, you're right. You know, it's the federation. We can expect anything from them. Guys, just a final <laughs> point. Just your last points. If I could just get a quick point from you guys, uh, Bobak. I'm excited. <laughs> I sense a sense of sarcasm. <laughs> Sina. Um, look, when all's said and done, uh, you know, the criticism, yes, the criticism is justified. As I said, it's underwhelming, disappointing slightly, but he's here now. Uh, he's done, he's signed the contract, he's going to be the new manager. Uh, all we can do is be positive, give him a chance, um, support him through it. And, um, and I say this as advice to myself. Um, not to panic if something goes wrong in the first couple of games. Give him about a chance in the next year or so. See how he does. You know, speaking about panic, would you be happy if he called back Ayrza Hayri? Uh, I don't think Ayrza Hayri would recall himself to the national team. <laughs> there, no, Wilmots. Pejman, your last point. I really hope that uh, Mark Wilmots will continue the great development that we saw in the Iranian national team and add some new flavor and making it more exciting and it's really important that we give him and his coaching staff the proper time to to actually show himself and just as uh, Sina mentioned before I mean you have a, a, a year and a half at least to you know to show yourself and if you don't manage during that time to do anything good you still have enough time to to replace him so um, 
let's be positive and uh, let's give the man a, a proper chance to to show what he can do. Yeah, my last point is uh, I believe he's gonna last two months into the job done because of the work he's doing. I feel like he'll find out that what he thought he's gonna get himself is not really what he thought he got himself into, and he's just gonna depart from Iran, and somebody else is gonna take his shoes. And but anyways, guys, thank you guys for listening, for to the discussion, and everything, and thank you to the guys for coming on. And let's see what happens under Mark Wilmot's World Cup 2022.